The next thing I knew, I was standing in the room, and then I noticed that in the bed was a thing that looked just like me, and it was dead. And that was really scary because I didn't know how there could be me dead in a bed, yet I'm standing there, like, alive. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There was no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about whether or not an atheist could ever change their mind about whether there was a God or not. Now, most see atheists as very sure on their own beliefs, almost like zealots of a particular religion, but specifically anti-religion. But what would ever change the mind of an atheist when it comes to his or her faith? Well, today we will have someone who was a university professor and an avid atheist who had an experience where he says he died and it was that very experience that made him reconsider the question if there was a God. His name is Howard Storm. Howard, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. Howard, it is great having you with us today and we are all excited to hear what happened to you. As a college professor and an atheist, I understand you had specific goals you wanted to attain. But when you got them, looking back, you realized something profound about it. What was that? Well, I was chasing the American dream, you know, but more than money, what I wanted was fame as an artist. I wanted to be powerful and highly respected. And the only problem was is that everything I chased after and everything I got always left me feeling as empty as before I had it. Nothing ever made me feel completely satisfied. And I didn't know what was missing, but inside I wasn't really very happy with my life. Although at the age of 38, I was on the way and had gotten all the, you know, house, money, cars, wife, kids, you know, all the stuff that I thought was going to make me happy. Hmm, that's interesting. Now, what was it that started making you an atheist in the first place? When I was a young teenager, I got so disillusioned with the church. There was no religion in my home, and some of the stuff at the church bothered me. I felt like they were all a bunch of hypocrites, and mm-hmm. I was angry with my mother and father and didn't want to follow anything that they told me to do. So I just turned away from it and got involved with philosophy and became what I thought of myself as an existentialist. I believed in nothing. Hmm. I understand you had a very specific viewpoint about Christians and started forming a clear bias against them as a college professor and an atheist. Myself and all of my professor friends at the university, because all my friends were all atheists too. I didn't associate with Christians, and we thought that Christians were foolish, <laughs> simple-minded, deluded, believed in fantasies, and we didn't talk to them because we didn't take them seriously. We thought they were just silly. Hmm, interesting. And I understand as everything was going great as an atheist, something happened. Your duodenum ruptured, which is a part of your small intestine, and it quickly developed into a life-threatening situation. Tell us what happened. 
I was taking a group of students around Europe, and we were in Paris, and that's when it happened. And I was taken to the big city hospital there, but because it was a Saturday, there was no surgeon. And so they were trying to call someone in. So I went for 10 hours without ever seeing a doctor at the surgical hospital. And I was given no medication, no treatment, no nothing. Because I didn't have a doctor, I wasn't assigned anybody, so nobody was doing anything for me. The doctors in the emergency room at the hospital told me my life expectancy was a couple hours. The doctors in the United States told me my life expectancy was two or three hours, five tops. I lay in that hospital for 10 hours with nothing. Oh, gosh. I understand this is a very rare thing that happened to you. But here you are with a ruptured duodenum. What was the severity of the pain like as you were going through this emergency? The pain was way over the top. It was like I couldn't talk. It was really, really hard to breathe. Because the digestive juices that digest your food were now migrating into my abdominal cavity. And so uh, mm. actually I was digesting myself on the inside. Oh my gosh. So that was going through your mind as an atheist reacting to this emergency situation. Yeah. As I understand, you were literally dying. Well, I didn't want to die because I thought I was just getting everything that I had worked hard for. I'd worked my way through school and now, you know, I was a full professor and head of the art department and all that stuff. And then now, all for what? All for not? You know, it's all coming to an end. Oh. It was so terrifying. Yeah. Hmm. I think there are so many who would say they would have responded the same way, like trying to hold on to life. But unfortunately, due to the situation, you did die. I understand that when you did die, you didn't experience nothingness, as you might predict as an atheist, but you experienced something to your surprise in the supernatural. Well, I went unconscious, and then the next thing I knew, I was standing in the room, and I felt more alive than I ever could see, hear, touch, feel, taste, more than I'd ever experienced in this world. And I tried to communicate with my wife and the roommate that I had in the room that I was in, and neither of them knew I was there yelling and screaming at them. And then I noticed that in the bed was a thing that looked just like me, and it was dead. And that was really scary because I didn't know how... There could be me dead in a bed, yet I'm standing there, like, alive. Wow. More alive. And people were calling my name, called me to go with them, and I thought they were taking me to surgery. Instead, they took me on a long journey into the darkness, and they got cooler and cooler, and eventually I said I wasn't going to go with them anymore. And they started to push and pull, and we fought, and then they started to bite and tear and torment me. And that went on for a very, very long time, and it was horrible in sheer terror trying to fight them off but I couldn't because there were a lot of them then I was lying there and I heard a voice that I think came from me I didn't do it but I think it came out of me and said pray to God and I thought I don't believe in God and the voice said pray to God and I thought I don't know how to pray and the voice said pray to God and I thought when I was a kid I prayed and I was trying to remember and I was getting everything all confused with the Pledge of Allegiance and the National Anthem and everything and finally I came upon a couple phrases that were from prayers like the Lord is my shepherd and our Father who art in heaven, just little bits and pieces. So I started to say them, and the people around me got very, very angry, and they were going to do much worse things to me than they had already done. And I knew that it really made them angry and also caused them to retreat away from me. So I just started saying anything I could think of about God, and finally I found myself alone in that place. And in that aloneness, I thought about my life. I went over my whole life in my mind and realized I'd not been a very good son to my parents. I hadn't been a good brother to my sisters. I hadn't been a good father to my kids. I hadn't been a good husband to my wife. I hadn't been 
a real friend to my students, et cetera. And he just thought, well, you know, what was I ever born for except to end up in the cesspool? I was in the cesspool of the universe. And those people were telling me that they were going to take me deeper into it. So I was not in the worst part of it yet. And in my despair, my mind went back to my childhood, a little boy sitting in a Sunday school classroom singing Jesus Loves Me and really believing it. And like, it was so beautiful. It was the only hope that I've had in all this experience that maybe there is a Jesus. So I called out to him and I yelled out into the darkness, Jesus, please save me. And with that, a tiny light appeared and got very bright, fast, and came over me, impossibly brilliant white light. And out of it came hands and arms, and he reached down and healed me and picked me up and held me to him and took me out of that place. Howard, let's stop there, because this is pretty crazy, that you died as an atheist, but out of desperation, you called out to Jesus and you had this salvation experience. I want to have you back on our next show to break this down a little bit more, and I want to hear what happened afterwards. Howard, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. Hold tight. Let's dive into some deeper thinking right after the break. Listen, my friend, you are in a spiritual battle, and there's a spiritual battle right now for the soul of our nation. The Bible says we overcome the power of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And friend, I need your help spreading this show to all 50 states all across the USA. And that takes money to broadcast in each city. You can help by being a stable monthly giver of our ministry, Awakening the Nations. We are a ministry who's committed to preaching the gospel all across the world. Partner by going to awakeningthenations.com and we believe America shall be saved. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? You know, it's a pretty wild testimony how Howard was a university professor and a devout atheist. Atheists that are educated are probably the least likely ever to turn to Christianity. At least that is what I thought when I was a young atheist in college. For an atheist to turn to God, like a university professor, would need a very big reason to ever turn to the faith that he normally thought was so foolish. He did get that very big reason. But the fascinating point was how he became an atheist. He was so disappointed in the church, and he instead lived his life pursuing his own dreams. I mean, that sounds like a popular thing many are doing today, just living life, striving to get that perfect life, that pursuit of happiness. But it sounds like it was a carrot that Howard was always chasing and never attaining. And when things got nasty in his life, he was heading towards death. He makes his last minute belief or prayer to God, and boom, he's now experiencing eternity. And in this experience, instead of finding nothing as most atheists believe they will find, which I thought myself too when I was an atheist, he found himself contemplating his life and seeing his life flash before his eyes and understanding his failures. Why did this happen? Because it is a revelation from God that we all deserve hell. It's written in ancient scriptures in Hebrews 9.27, and it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. As we're listening to Howard's testimony, according to the Bible, Howard was going through the beginning of judgment, the moment when the understanding of all his failures and mistakes are flashed before him. 
like a moment when you will understand that you're guilty before this holy God. One day, my friend, we will all stand before a holy God, and He will give us that judgment to start evaluating our lives. We'll see all the shortcomings. We'll see all the reasons why we have ultimately failed, and that this holy God has the right to judge us. Pretty scary, right? Now, here's the thing. I have good news. It's written in the following Bible verse in Hebrews 9.28. So, Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for Him, He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. You know, that was the verse right after the first one when I was reading to you about being appointed once to die. You see, Jesus Christ came to bear the sins of many. My sins. Your sins. So that on the day of judgment, instead of being judged for our sins, we would instead have the free gift of salvation. We might know that we deserve hell, but friend, Jesus died on the cross so that you could have freedom from the eternal punishment of your sins. Even if you think you're a good person, even if you think you did good things on the day of judgment, you won't be good enough. You'll realize your shortcomings in the presence of God. So Father God, we're coming to you now. And for the person who's saying, well, I've been a good person and I think I might be good enough, Lord, we repent from that thought. No one will be good enough to enter into the kingdom of God because we'd have to be perfect. So Lord, we repent from this thought. We receive you the free gift of salvation and we receive eternal life. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony and I know that your life was touched. If you have a testimony to share or know someone who does and would like to share it on our show, go to AwakeningTheNations.com and click Guest Audition on the top menu. See you next time.